Shift is the podcast of Collective Discovery. We support people to collaborate and make change together. This series shares learning and practice from organisations and funders who are part of the Listening Fund. Hello and welcome to the Shift podcast. I'm Jenny. And I'm Mercy. Mercy, this episode focuses on how youth organisations can actively involve young people in their learning and evaluation processes so that their work is aligned with the priorities and needs of young people. This also ensures that young people's feedback informs the way that programmes and services adapt. In this episode, we will hear from Dave, Jenny, Sarah and Kate. Dave is from Hot Chocolate, who are based in Dundee and work with young people from 11 to 21. Dave will tell us about the system that they have developed called Tackle Data, which centres what is significant and meaningful for young people. Jenny is from Carefree Cornwall. They work with young people aged 11 to 25 who are in and leaving care. Jenny shares with us how they gather feedback from young people to improve their programmes and services. Sarah is part of the Collective Discovery team. She will share some of the reflections from the Listening Fund practice paper on how to involve young people in learning and evaluation. Finally, we'll hear from Kate from the Foyer Federation, a network that supports local providers of supported accommodation for young people aged 16 to 30. Kate will close the episode with a couple of very concrete examples of how the Federation has taken action on feedback that young people have shared with them. So earlier in the year, we had an event on involving young people in learning and evaluation. One of the people we spoke to was Dave from Hot Chocolate. We heard from Dave about why it's so important to involve young people in learning and evaluation and how this links to sharing power. Every system of measurement or counting is a system of power. Dynamic has commonly been that the richest person in the room gets to say what's important. Fit that priority and you access the money. Hot Chocolate have spent the last 12 or 13 years learning how to shift the place where meanings are made from managers and funders to between young people and youth workers. We tried to ask, how can we build a system that, that first serves young people? So it makes their engagement with hot chocolate better, their experience better. Because honestly, evaluation exercises often make it harder. Secondly, it should serve youth workers. It should feel like a worthwhile thing to do that helps them do their job better. And thirdly, it needs to serve managers. It needs to enable us as an organization to understand, to learn, to improve what we do. And fourthly, it needs to serve our funders. It needs to let them see the ways in which their funds have made an impact. And that fourth priority is obviously essential, but serving the other priorities first integrates our monitoring and evaluation actions with our values. And in fact, we've found it also gives funders much better, richer information than any of us expected. We also asked Dave to tell us about the system that Hot Chocolate has developed. So it's about two things, reflective processes and a database application that are both genuinely integrated with our youth work. And we call it Tackle Data because Tackle is Dundee slang for good. So our goal is for young people to tell us what is good, what matters. We do have a clear understanding of impact. Hot Chocolate has eight consistent outcomes that we developed with young people and which we report all our work against. But that's not where we start when we evaluate. 
we start by listening to what young people and youth workers say was significant. On the very simplest level, after every bit of youth work, our youth workers, whether paid or volunteers, they stop and reflect what was most significant in that encounter with, let's say, Susie. And they write a short letter to Susie that captures what Susie told them, what they did together, what they noticed, whatever seemed most significant, because humans are really good at knowing when they've connected with another human, when something mattered. And so instead of thin, self-conscious reflections about a question that comes from another world, they express what was profound, what was personal, what was specific and concrete here. Think about the way that you write when someone gives you an evaluation form to fill in, and then compare that to how you tell a friend about something significant that just happened. Why should we situate an evaluation recording in a matrix of key indicators which mostly don't apply in this circumstance and prioritize questions about outcomes that might or might not have been met today? Little by little, we're telling youth workers and young people that only this is what we care about. This is the movie. The rest is for the cutting room floor. Tackle Data invites them to tell us what mattered. And then, and it's a matter of seconds because a skilled, motivated youth worker has just written a rich, reflective narrative. Then they look at these eight outcomes. If that encounter shows evidence of the young person progressing against any of them, give them a tick. So the first question, what was significant? The second, does it tell us anything about these outcomes? It sounds too simple to be important. And yes, I've simplified it to discuss it in five minutes. But we also need to be simple because young people will bring all the complexity we can handle. And we need this to work in everyday life. So I spoke to Jenny from Carefree Cornwall and I asked her how Carefree Cornwall was involving young people in their learning and evaluation activities. Young people are involved in learning evaluation across lots of different levels within the organisation. So at the end of each session, for example, we'd have a debrief and we'd just, you know, say, how, how did you find the session? How are you feeling now? Maybe a bit of a check-in, just so that we can, can gauge how much the session's had an impact on them. We might even do something like, you know, how, what, what animal are you at the end of the session or something quite playful. And we'll also gauge from, like, observations of young people how much they've enjoyed it and things. But we'll also more formally ask young people, especially at the end of a programme, how they found it, what went well, what they would like us to do differently next time. And that will sort of feed back into our future planning of that programme. An example I recently is um, for every residential programme we run, we have peer mentors who take part. And at the end of each residential they talk about, um, we have like a big debrief with them and they talk about what, what worked for them, what they found difficult and how workers can support them in the future within these groups. So some feedback from them was, you know, we'd like to make sure that we have a break when we're not just on our own having a break. We've got a break with another peer mentor. Um, and then it's about being realistic with the young people about like how we're going to use that evaluation from them and what actions we can take forward. So, you know, in a group where you've got four peer mentors, I, I was quite like, oh, OK, well, that's a really good idea. But, you know, how many do you think can take a break at one time? How, you know, do you think it's suitable for four of you are having a lovely, <laughs> lovely break together? Or do you maybe need to take it in shifts and do two at a time? And then I asked her if she could share some of the things that they'd learnt or done differently as a result of getting the feedback from young people. 
example of, of something that we've learned and adapted is the peer mentor training. So I ran a review of the content of the peer mentor training with the young people who did that. And they fed back that, you know, the training was great. They really enjoyed it. It made them feel prepared to be peer mentored. But then we sent them on a public transport challenge where they on, are on their own supporting young people in the group get to get to and from different places in Cornwall on trains and buses and things and checking in with workers on the way and sometimes being remotely supervised by workers depending on the group but they were like well we didn't have any training in that and then we just suddenly had to run it and we were expected to know where we were going and and things and look after other young people and that was a real wake-up call for me that actually yeah we needed to offer these young people training in doing that if they were then going to go and support their peers doing it so we've included it in the peer mentor training so they go off as a group of trainees and do a transport challenge to put that into practice and and that's been great that's happened for the last two years in the training also making sure that they're really consulted on things that are meaningful to them and where they're going to be able to see the influence they've had so if it's an action that they're being consulted on that actually probably nothing's going to happen for the next three years because you've got to go and get funding for it and then, you know, recruit staff and then start this new project. They're going to be waiting a long time to hear that and then and any outcome from that. So I think making sure that although it's great for young people to be involved in like sort of longer term more ambitious projects, it's really nice to also make sure that they're involved in things where you're affecting small, meaningful change all the time. I really liked what Dave was talking about in terms of how evaluation should be something that youth workers see as really beneficial and is as as a mechanism to record things that are really meaningful and also for, you know, funders or managers that actually it should be a process that isn't as extractive as it is, but actually more restorative. Also thinking about how, yeah, we're sort of stuck in these systems and cycles of playing games and that's sort of the sum total of what evaluation is, but that it could be something more meaningful around connection. And I think following on from that, we're hearing here about the power of funders, how the way that they might ask for monitoring and learning and evaluation information might shape what gets paid attention to and what is seen as important. And I think what's interesting in the hot chocolate approach is how they've bought rigor without losing kind of the human experience and human stories. Reflecting on what Jenny said, I, I really liked what she reflected on in the sense of being honest and realistic with people about how and where you might use their feedback and so not using evaluation or learning as a tool to be sort of a catch-all for everybody's dreams and not being able to act on that but actually just being able to set really clear parameters that say I'm asking you this but this is what's possible and and working within that and I I think it's a really good way to make sure that you are set up for success I spoke to Sarah from Collective Discovery and started off by asking her, you know, why even involve young people in learning and evaluation? By doing that collaboration and learning together, it increases trust. There's a stronger relationship which comes out of it. It supports authentic stories about change. They understand what information is important and how it can be used and made sense of. By bringing young people into the process, you also create much stronger and more accountable processes. And that in turn then increases trust and relevance. When when staff inside an organization 
are working more actively with young people to listen and learn. You find that they report much greater job satisfaction. They want to stay at their jobs for longer because they are having that two-way dialogue. And it allows for much greater innovation in organizations because we're all kind of stuck in our ways. And, you know, when you bring different voices and you allow for different perspectives, it allows for fresh ideas and critical thinking. I asked her what the challenges are of working like this. So the challenges that I've seen are it takes time. If you need time, you also need money because you need to make staff time available. So to do this really effectively and allow that space to collect a diversity of variances, that authentic knowledge, one needs time. And so if you need to rush to fill in a donor report or meet you know, internal uh, deadlines for your annual report, you may not collect or develop the sort of level of analysis and learning that you'd like. But if you set up a, a, a participatory learning and evaluation process with young people, but actually you're not really feeding back to those young people what you're hearing and what you're doing differently, then it becomes a very extractive process. And actually, it's probably better not to do it at all. I asked how you would start involving young people in learning and evaluation. I think the starting point really is to be really, really clear about the purpose and why you're doing it. If you're doing it because you feel that you need to tick a box, then maybe now is not the right time. But if you are really clear about the fact that this is going to drive learning, drive organisational change, change the way you relate to young people and how you learn together, then that's great. The second thing is a lot of monitoring and evaluation process and language is really overly complicated and, and off-putting. And so if you want to do it with young people, keep it fun and keep it simple. And then lastly, you can set up really fantastic learning processes with young people, which are completely ignored within your organization. And so decision-making then will not follow through or out of those processes. And that is incredibly disempowering to everyone who's involved in them. I spoke to Kate at the Foyer Federation and asked her if she could just give us some very simple examples of where they have taken action on the basis of information produced from their learning and evaluation system. We ran a programme last year for the first time and a number of young people were, were involved with that. It didn't go um, exactly as well as we had hoped for a lot of different reasons. But one of the strong pieces of feedback that we received from young people is that the style of the partner that we had worked with to deliver the programme didn't quite work for them. So we really kind of heard that. And this year, when we've run it again, we've taken that feedback from young people and picked a new partner that's really in line with how our young people told us that they like to learn. And we're seeing really positive outcomes from in the summer of last year, we sent out our regular survey to young people and they responded overwhelmingly, letting us know that the cost of living is a, a big concern for them and a big challenge for them in moving on from the foyer and finding their own accommodation. So we responded to that by speaking with a funder, letting them know the weight of the situation and just how much concern young people had around this. And we secured some funding to be able to award small grants of up to £1,000 to young people who are ready to move on so that they can clear those financial barriers and have a positive start in their new homes. What I really liked about Kate's examples was that it brings it all back to the same point that actually at its core, it's really simple. You just 
listen to someone, they give you information about their experience and then you say, okay, I can do something about that. And for me, I just found it really refreshing, but also in that was reflecting on the privilege of being able to do that and thinking that actually that really works in a system where you can speak to where the power lies in order to change those decisions. So they're able to speak to the funders because it's a relationship they already have. And so I just really liked that in this situation, they were able to, to actually close that feedback loop in a positive way. And I think that leads on to the point that Sarah made. If you're not going to act on what you're told, then maybe don't do it at all because otherwise it's too extractive. One of the challenges we've had in trying to understand the impact of sharing power with young people or listening is often that the best examples of the impact of listening is when you, you make a mistake and you realise you should have listened and then you learn. And I really appreciate Jenny sharing the example she did with us and similarly with Kate of where things had gone wrong and, and they'd fix them. If you don't have the trust of young people and you don't have the processes in place, then you could continue running your peer mentoring training in exactly the same way, or you could continue to work with a partner that actually young people are not appreciating. And that's the real reason for making sure that you're listening and learning from the experience of young people is so that you can make your programmes better and so that they can have more impact. Thanks to all our guests in this episode, Dave, Jenny, Sarah and Kate. You'll find further information about our guests and links to further resources in the show notes. And if you have any feedback or ideas about what we could cover next, then please email us at collective at collectivediscovery.co.uk.